and Mike back for another episode of the... Why is it not? Back for another episode of the Nothing Finer podcast. I am uh, currently working through some technical difficulties with my headphones. So if you will give me uh, just a second. I'm trying to figure it out here. You have uh, no snare on your headphones. Oh, I think I got you now. All right. So this is our bold predictions and hot takes episode i'm really excited for this we got answers from a lot of you guys you follow us on instagram uh commented in anything we put on facebook but i think i am most excited because this is our official a first official real deal live stream with millions and uh from now on we'll be live streaming probably at least once a week um on their website we're going to share the links every week and doing watch parties uh, for games that neither of us go to. Maybe even, um, maybe I can talk Mike into staying up late on a school night and doing the Florida-Utah game and just roasting the Gators. We'll, uh, we'll talk about Ooh. it. We'll talk about it. I, I, you know what? I think I might be able to because I think Friday, that Friday we have a e-learning half day. So I, and I'm a gym teacher, so I don't have to be like cognizant of anything. So there we go. Yeah, how are you going to? How are you going to gym teach online? <laughs> That's a good question. I think the uh, the other PE teachers were saying that like during COVID, they're like, oh, record yourself doing 10 jumping jacks, and there you go. So <laughs> probably something like that. Oh, for a second, I thought you were going to have to record yourself doing 10 jumping jacks and not have <laughs> <This> is... kids. <laughs> well, I mean, really, it's more about holding me accountable than the kids. So yeah. that's education. Yeah, I mean, why should the kids be responsible for actually learning anything? No, not at all. Never. Um, but, so tonight we are also going to talk about our breakout dogs for this season. That was our very first episode last year. Um, so I'm excited to bring that back. And at the very end, if we have time, we are going to get into our bandwagon teams uh, again this year. But... This season, we are actually going to keep up with them instead of forgetting about them for the first six weeks of the season. I'm legit excited about my breakout or my bandwagon team. So, I mean, I am too, honestly. Like, I, you know, we'll we'll get to uh, why I'm excited later, but no, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. And also, hmm. if you hear noise in the background that sounds like a storm, that's because it's Savannah in the summertime, um, and it's it just is what it is. Yeah, I had to go move my car just before we started, and it sounded like, you know, it was like it was the most like lightning I've seen since I've been here. Like it was just repeatedly repeated over and over and over again. And if a tree falls through uh, the house, um, we'll be on live, so that will get more views. Oh so yeah, that's cool. could you imagine a natural catastrophe while we're live streaming? I mean, I feel like that's some good numbers. I'm I'm willing to do it. Yeah, I mean, there's a dead tree this, right? right here. Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, there's a dead tree, a couple of dead trees right here that I should have taken care of a while ago, and uh, at some point it's gonna get me. I so, so here's the deal I got a chainsaw, I'll come over one day, we'll shotgun like six beers a piece, and then cut down a tree because that's that. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do in the south. Okay, yeah, let's go. Um, <laughs> but before we get into all that good stuff, how was your weekend and what are you drinking? Weekend was great. Uh, I don't have the Sunday scaries anymore being in in, uh, in PE, so nothing to worry about there. Um, just super busy all the time with uh, with the kids and everything. Um, 
Um, our internet was out the last four days, so that's one of the reasons why we weren't able to record uh, Monday night, unfortunately. Um, they just fixed it about an hour and a half, two hours ago, and after being out for about four days. So uh, that was fun to try to entertain the kids old school, 90s way without any Wi-Fi for the last, you know, you know, a couple of days, especially, you know, over the weekend. But as far as what I'm drinking, uh, PBR from Kroger didn't have didn't have much. Uh, I, not a didn't think about doing a liquor run until we had to go to Kroger before uh, we got home today. So just saw what I can get. And, uh, and there mean, we go. How about you? PBR is really the only uh, only beer I drink, not because I'm a trashy person, but because I buy beer on my way to go play disc golf, and it is mm -hmm. the cheapest six pack at mm -hmm. uh, the gas station. So, you know. Yeah, no, I am that I am that trashy. That's usually my go to. <laughs> I ain't bad. afraid of it. Like, it. A lot of it's, people shit on it, but it's not bad. No, I mean it's really not. There's plenty of other beers that I I won't even fucking touch. Even well, I, I shouldn't say if it was free or not because if it was free, I'd still drink it. But um, as far as like a lighter beer, can't go wrong. PBR. I I have always said the best beer is a free beer. The second best is a cold beer, and the third best is your favorite. Mm -hmm. I don't think you've seen me drink anything besides PBR. Uh, besides, I obviously like whiskey and stuff. I was about to say it, it's pretty much been. Oh, you did have a Club Tales. You you did have a oh, that's... nice Club Tales. <laughs> Just pretty much anything I could find at the gas station because I forget. Oh shit! I don't have any liquor at home. Let me get something from the gas station. Oh no! So this this weekend was good, man. Um, I I didn't do much. We had a little we had a little get together at the house with some friends and all got pretty trashed i smoked brisket which was which was good um, did you did you ever get a hold of uh, lincoln riley uh, you know take you know compare like notes for that and all that no i didn't but if anyone can get in touch with lincoln riley um i mean i accidentally made the brisket as good as i did because i put it on expecting it to be done at like 4 p.m and it was done at 8 a.m um, oh shit so yeah i managed to keep it warm tender and juicy for seven hours before we ate dinner so, giggity very good yeah you know it's always about it's always about how warm tender and juicy it is lincoln we got we got some work to do definitely um but i am drinking i'm i'm honestly trying to go through my cabinet over here and uh see what i haven't had on the show before and y'all know i don't remember shit so it's been tough but I think I have not had this one on, on the show before. And that's a question more than a statement. But it is Booker's Bardstown Batch. It was their third release of 2021. So it's obviously been in the cabinet for a minute here. Um, but it is 125 and a half proof. So, you know, if I get a little shitty by the end, because I accidentally also poured a massive glass over here. Hell yeah. I mean, is there any, there's not a better time to get shitty and, you know, spot off, uh, spot off uh, hot takes and all that. So. Oh yeah. It's the best time to do it. Oh yeah. And we did get another one like 30 minutes ago. So. Sweet. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm pretty excited to get through these. So the way that we are going to do this is Mike and I both have a couple and then I'm going to read the submissions. Mike has not read any of these. Ooh, I'm excited. For... Let's go. So Mike's read the ones that were in the group chat, but as far as um, as far as the ones that we got through Instagram, Facebook, all that kind of stuff, Mike has not read any of them. So that'll be 
that'll be fun getting some like raw a, emotion it's, it's like a reward oh yeah one of one of them you're you're gonna lose it on so I, i'm excited okay i'm excited <laughs> um, okay. Right. so my first hot take is the coaches poll should carry more weight than the AP poll until the college football playoff poll finally comes out. Ooh. Be- because okay. who better to determine the best teams in the country than the coaches that recruited these players out of high school, and even if they didn't land them, knows what these cap- players are capable of, knows other coaches' ability to develop that talent, and knows other co- coaches' ability to scheme around that talent. The media is are, are some nerds behind a keyboard and I'll include myself in this, you know, better at evaluating talent and projecting teams than the coaches that actually have forgotten more about football than any of us will ever, uh, ever know. Mm. And so just to reiterate um, my, my point here, I'm just going to read off. I got like seven or eight uh, different, wild ass AP polls um that were put out yesterday. Oh, we kinda we kinda bear the lead. We'll get to the AP poll after this because we did forget all about that. Um but uh Trevor Hass of Boston.com put Alabama second over Ohio State who is at three and Michigan at four and TCU who lost pretty much everyone that did anything on their team last season at 10. <laughs> He's from Boston. I they, they obviously don't follow college football. I, it, it, get, it gets better. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's none of them are good on, of the ones that I'm putting on here. And, you know, I'm, I'm not saying this to necessarily disparage any of these people individually, but my point is coaches know football more than journalists do. So why is the AP poll the end-all, be-all until the playoff poll comes out? I, uh, that's my point. Yeah. I will say one one pushback on that is how how seriously do coaches actually take the coaching uh, coaches poll? Like, didn't Spurrier like, or I know I know he did. I'm sure others did as well. But like, just like give it to like a GA or whatever. They just filled it out real quick and they submitted it. Like I don't know how so, seriously do they take it. So I have heard both Kirby and Nick Saban in interviews talk about taking it seriously. Okay. I can see that for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like Wade Kiffin, for example, like would he really put that much thought behind it? I think it's just more of a troll for him and like maybe some other coaches, but I don't know. Yes, but I think the uh, personality of the coach actually has a lot to do with who votes because it's not not every team gets oh, a vote. That's fair. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um. So Tom Murphy of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette has LSU at three over – pretty much every team that made the playoff last season except Georgia, and put Utah at eight. Ooh. Uh, Scott Springer of the Cincinnati Inquirer had Texas in the top ten right at ten. I have no issue there, honestly. I really don't. I I do just because they haven't proven anything other than that they can lose close games. True. Ryan Thorburn of the Register Guard has LSU, USC, the real one, and yeah. Alabama over Ohio State at three, four, and five. This one, <laughs> this is okay. this is the one that's going to really piss you off. Ryan mm-hmm. Aber of the Oklahoman has Michigan at seven. 
They're fifth in returning production at playoff team that should have made the championship game. And uh, oh, a team that won back-to-back Big Ten championships, beat Ohio State at home, went to the playoffs two years in a row, and even though they shit the bed for 50 of the 60 minutes of that game against TCU, still lost by one possession. Mm-hmm. Had two pick sixes, don't forget. Correct. It. They really. It, I mean, when you say shit the bed, I mean, they diarrhea all over that shit. Oh, I mean, like, Amber Heard would be impressed. They shit the bed so hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Ron Counts of the Idaho Statesman, and Idaho, I'm pretty sure, doesn't even have an FBS team, but that's beside the point. Texas Vandals. at six. Yeah. Texas at that. six. <laughs> that. Okay. okay. All sure. right. Um, Why not? And then last, but certainly not least, um, from a friend in quote in quotations of ours because i'm sure they all hate us by now reese davis um everyone knows reese davis he's mm-hmm. on espn uh pretty much all the time he has michigan at one um which yeah no sorry okay. uh, we'll get to it in the ap poll but he has georgia at two florida state at three lsu <laughs> at four Bama at five, Ohio State six, USC seven, Tennessee eight, Clemson nine, and Texas ten. Can he lose a vote? I mean, with his role, I don't even know that... how you get in. I don't even know how you get a vote because I, I like. I'll write some articles. I'll I'll write three articles, but I guarantee you, I will put ten times the amount of hours into actually getting an AP poll together than ninety percent of the people that actually vote. Yeah, I mean the the one argument that I I could see him and I know he's he's made it because I've heard him say about Michigan being one, which I don't agree with even being a homer, is uh, how much like how much uh, how many pieces they have returning. Again, they're fifth in returning production um, and all that, but no, <laughs> right, <laughs> no. <laughs> right. You have a team that won back to back national championships, first time in college football playoff history, returns mm-hmm. all but what two starters on defense. Or people mm-hmm. that played significant snaps on defense of a top ten defense for two years in a row, best rushing defense two years in a row. Um, you return all but two, all but three skill positions on the offensive side of the ball, and you only lost two offensive linemen. Oh, and you're replacing all those guys you lost with five stars. But yeah, mm-hmm. no, they're not. They're not the best team in the country. No, not at all. <laughs> but, but the rest of that, I mean, FSU at three. That, that had to be the the highest place that FSU came in on any ballot whatsoever. Like, right? Like, I know I know they didn't get a one uh, first place vote. Had to be. And, you know, let, let's just jump into the AP poll here. Like, from mm-hmm. the top, uh, we'll go through the top four. You know, we'll do top ten of what, it, of what the AP poll actually is. And then, you know, anything that stands out we'll bring up. So, mm-hmm. Georgia at one got 60 of the 63 first place votes. Michigan at two had two of the first place votes. Ohio State at three had one first place vote, which, you know, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Oh, Alabama yeah. at four, even though they don't have a quarterback that could hit the broadside of a barn from the inside. Or or receivers, for that matter, like that we know about, like that have actually done something in the uh, college Come on, field. man. Jermaine Burton is elite at slapping women in the face. <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say. You're not wrong. He was scared. He was scared. Yeah, 
terrified of a 110-pound sorority girl running past him. Anyway, Maybe they're doing, like, the bachelorette party, like, whoo Like, the shit that you hear downtown all the time. I would have been... I'm scared by that. I love that. Um, so, we got LSU coming in at number five. Uh, the real USC at six. Penn State, seven. Florida State, eight. Clemson, nine. And Washington, ten. Um, I will say, out of the not top ten, what really surprises me is... Um, Iowa coming in at 25, even though mm-hmm. they don't offense. Um, Their offense is offensive. Tulane dropped all the way down to 24 after beating USC last year, and they're 31st in the country in returning production. So that's, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. that it doesn't matter anything about the very last game they played. Um, Texas A&M at 23, I kind of get because they do have a lot of hype, but it's also Jimbo Fisher, so is mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. Oklahoma coming in at 20th. I seems don't, high. That seems higher than Hunter Biden driving to Las Vegas. <laughs> well, they were what? They were, were they 6-6 six and six last season or 7-6? and six? Uh, I believe they were they seven were... and six. Yeah. They. Yeah. That's quite a leap of faith. But you, the one thing, my biggest gripe, just kind of like what you said so far, and I'll, well, no, I'll save it for later because it's my my bandwagon team, so I'll I'll hold off. Never mind. Um, Oregon coming in at fifteenth, and I will say, I probably wouldn't have had them much higher than ten just mm-hmm. because they did lose their offensive coordinator and he was a massive part of why they were able to do what they do. Anytime Bo Nix switches offensive coordinators, it has not been good throughout his career. And his mm-hmm. two best seasons, point blank period, were with Kenny Dillingham, who's now the head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils. So that's, I get that. Um, mm-hmm. Tennessee all the way down to 12th. I understand that completely. I think they should have been further back, but okay. I don't mind 12. You know, it gives them time to get into the top 10 before they get their hopes crushed again. Fair. Um, My biggest, I think the most disrespectful ranking on this entire list is TCU at 17. And I want to make it clear, I do not think TCU, I'm just going to go ahead and say, I don't think they make the Big 12 pl- or conference title game. I don't. No. But for a team that went from five and seven to competing for a national championship game, and granted they got they got curb stomped for the returning national runners up to be in the bottom half of this list, I think is very disrespectful to the program. And I understand they lost their quarterback, running back, wide receiver, bunch of guys on defense, their offensive Offen- coordinator. Yeah. I get it. Mm-hmm. But I believe they at least earned a top 15 spot based off what they did last season, considering we haven't seen any play on the field yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say, I mean, top 15, they they should be just out of respect to their program. But, I mean, like you said, I mean, the amount of stuff, uh, the amount of pieces that they lost, again, including 
offensive coordinator Garrett Riley, I think is going to be huge for them. Like, is uh, Sonny Dykes a one-hit wonder? We don't know. I, I mean, we'll see. Obviously, you know this uh, this season, but yeah, top fifteen, sure. But like, I'm not super pissed off about TCU being that low. It is disrespectful because they again they did get to the championship game. They played the final game of the season, and they should have been, you know, got garnered a little bit more respect. Obviously, Georgia kicked the shit out of them, but you know, honestly, who at that point, especially after that Ohio State game. Who would have looked like halfway decent against Georgia in that game, to be honest? Not being a homer, but we're locked in. I believe this is the lowest ranking a returning runner-up has gotten at the beginning of the season during the playoff era. I'm actually almost 100% certain. I believe so. And I think something I saw on uh, College Football Live today is if you um, – there's only been two teams, I think, since 2000. I could be a little bit wrong on that. Um, that have made the championship game uh, being lower, or I guess higher, so like, you know, s- above seventh. Um, I think there's only been two teams. That was uh, Auburn in 2010, and then uh, Florida, I think it was Florida State in, uh, what, 2013? Uh, with, a with a what's his face? Uh, uh, Jameis, sorry. But like, if you're, you know, if you want to be a contender, I... Being in the top seven is a good, a good place to be, just to look at that. Yeah, and so, so a couple interesting things of teams that that received votes but didn't make the top 25. Um, Auburn got seven votes. Interesting, um, considering yeah. they were god-awful last year. Mm-hmm. South Carolina got 73. I feel like they deserved all 73 of those. Yeah. Um, Arkansas returning arguably a top what two or three quarterback and running back coming in at uh, with twenty two votes. I mean, definitely the best running back quarterback combo in the SEC. I mean, you could argue that right now. Yeah. Returning at least. Yeah, yeah. and that's that's what I meant. I don't know if I said it yeah. in the SEC, but that's what I was going oh. for. Um, mm-hmm. Somehow, some way, Florida got four votes. Don't don't get that, but you know, I'm. I, you know, I, you know, is, is, it's a, it's a brand name thing. A lot of those teams, like, you know, your Notre Dames and even Iowa to a certain extent, it's all brand name things that, you know, the AP voters that are just, you know, filling it out real quick. Oh, you know, I, you know, I know that team. I recognize the colors. Why not throw them on there? Give them the benefit of the doubt. Like Oklahoma being at 20, probably not, but yeah. Colors are familiar. Um, And Caleb Tillman, who's in the live stream. If you're not in the live stream, we're going to do it uh, 8 p.m. the days we record. Next week will actually be a little bit later because our guest is has uh, requested a little bit later of a start time, but we'll put that out mm-hmm. later in that. Um, but Caleb Tillman did say that I was correct about that is the lowest a returning runner-up has started. My man. Man, it's almost it's almost like we need to give him some of our paycheck to uh, for the research, and by that I mean Jamie. part of zero. Anything <laughs> divided by zero is zero. So uh, here's your paycheck. Oh, that was math. <laughs> oh. All right. So we've gone through my first hot take, and then you know did a patented tangent into something we should have talked about already. Um, what's your first hot take? All right, so I changed this a little while ago because it kind of gave away what my bandwagon team was going to be again. But 
everybody's hating on this team right now after our puncher's chance series one of our first ones we did um he really got me going on it even though he wasn't willing to bet the bet the mortgage or you know put the mortgage on uh, this team to go over the way he talked about the team got me like super excited and that is Ole Miss all right my uh so my hot take is Ole Miss is actually going to win the SEC West for the first time ever and the last time probably yeah well, <laughs> probably oh yeah there's yeah there's not going to yeah. be any more SEC West next season mm-hmm. good point yeah so um so with all you know, with Junkins being there, uh, Dart being there, and and again our our guest, uh, Grayson, like he, he, I mean he talked up Dart so much, even and then uh, with uh, Spencer Sanders uh, apparently playing well even in uh, in fall camp, I mean and it, it's got me going. Like I really, I'm drinking the Kool Aid with the Rebels. Uh, Lane Kiffin seems to be on a roll, especially with getting transfers in there. The defense seems like it's going to be improved. Um, getting Alabama's old defensive coordinator, even though you know they were you know helping him pack his bags to get out of Tuscaloosa, I don't think he's as bad as they made him made him out to be. I really don't. And we again we talked about that, so y'all can go back and listen to that. But like I am riding this hype train on the Rebs uh, so much. I'm I, I think I mean especially with you know I don't think Alabama's you know is going to be the Alabama team that we're used to. LSU, I think, I honestly, I think they topped out. They, you know, last year, and you know, they could be as good as last year, but even then, I'm not, you know, I'm not super convinced of that. And you know, Texas A&M is such a wild card as well. Like you, you know, we talked about a little bit with the AP poll, them, you know, barely being in the top twenty, but they have all that talent. I mean, it's such a boomer bust uh, for them. Which again, we talked about them in the uh, Punchers Terrence, uh, you know, series as well. But I really, I'm, I'm. You know, I'm sipping the old Miss Kool Aid at the Grove, ready to go, ready to see them in Atlanta. Even if even if they lose, or even when they lose to Georgia and Athens, I think SEC West is going to cannibalize itself so much, uh, so that even with you know two or potentially even three uh, SEC losses, I think they can make the uh, the championship game. I will say, if Ole Miss's defense is marginally better last season. They beat Alabama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I think they have it this year, and I think they actually have more talent at the skill position. So I I don't uh, I don't necessarily think you're you're too far off there. It's probably not very common take, but it's not far fetched. I think I want to say in uh, at SEC Media Days, I want to say Ole Miss only got like two or three votes. Like it was not very many. It was in the single digits to win to win the SEC West. I mean, it was obviously between Bama and LSU. It was not that far off. So, my second take. In the last season of the Pac-12 as we know it, not only does no one from the conference make the playoff, but USC finishes with a worse record than last year and does not win the Pac-12 title. Ooh. Okay. You gotta have a defense. Like if Utah, if the same Utah team that lost to Florida can beat you, you are you shouldn't be in conversation for uh, conference championship or the playoff. Beat them twice. Beat them twice. Yeah. And I don't know if I've said this stat on on the podcast, but I want to say seventy plus percent of the time. When a team rematches in the same season, both teams go home with a win. 
There's an actual stat somewhere. I'd have to dig it up. But Utah won twice. And, you know, cool. You have a six foot seven, 180 pound linebacker. Great. But, but when you have a Utah team that's going to put their left guard on that inside linebacker and push his ass into the dirt, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And sure, Bear Alexander is going to tear it up in the Pac 12 this year. But one defensive player doesn't win you championships. Especially on the interior defensive line, too. Like, it's not, he's not in Dominican Sue. He's not going to be that. I mean, he can be good, but he's not going to be that game changing, like Heisman type player. Right. To win the Pac 12 with only one good defensive player, it would have to be Darrell Revis mm-hmm. in his prime. Yeah. I, I, not only am I not drinking the USC Kool-Aid, um, but I'm, I'm probably pouring it out and kicking you out of my house for bringing it. It's the, it's the, uh, with the Jim Jones Kool-Aid. That's the, the Lincoln Riley Kool-Aid is the Jim Jones Kool-Aid. There we go. (laughs) Um, real quick going out what I said before. So I gave the uh, SEC media or, you know, the media day crew a little bit too much credit. They actually picked Ole Miss to finish fourth and they got zero first place votes. Uh, old, you know, you know, com- compare that to uh, Vandy. Vandy got one. Ole Miss didn't get any. So I think they got five. I think Vandy got four or five to win the East. On the the actual SEC site I'm looking at it just says they got one, but I thought I thought that was what they said too. I don't know, maybe I'm looking at the wrong thing. Oh nope, nope, that's twenty. That was twenty twenty two. Never mind. Um, a little bit of a tangent here. I got the Braves game playing off to the side, and uh, Spike Lee is at the Braves game in Atlanta because they're playing the Yankees, dressed out in all Yankees gear, and looks like he's about to cry. So, <laughs> what's the score? I, I I don't have my phone with me. Um, I believe it's five zero. They're it, coming back from a commercial break, so I'll be able to tell you in just a second. Five, Could you imagine flying all the way from? I assume he lives in New York because he goes to the Yankee games and and uh, Knicks games all the time. But flying all the way from New York to Atlanta to watch a last place Yankees team, I couldn't. Uh, no. Even if I had the money. No, I couldn't. Oh. I, I did find it though. Okay, so I I was still right about Ole Miss being picked to finish fourth. They, they got zero first place votes. Vandy got eight. So there we go. Uh, breaking news: Vandy is better than Ole Miss, apparently. Well, they'll settle it on the field this year. Um, but you know, that's exactly why we give the AP poll so much credit because the media knows what they're talking about. Obviously. Mm-hmm. All right. Your next hot take, and then we're getting on to the fans' admissions. All right. So I'm probably going to get th- stuff thrown at me, messages, things like that, because this is going to be seem like a big Homer thing. But, you know, throughout the fact that I write about this team and get paid very well for it, not really. But, um, <laughs> I saw the link. <laughs> and everyone that's watching did too. There we go. But, um, Mike, uh, that's me, obviously. Okay, so Michigan, Michigan <laughs> finally wins a playoff game. <laughs> and my my caveat with that is, unless they play Georgia, because they're not they're not beating Georgia. I don't care. I don't give a shit if they they have a a beat Georgia nine on seven drill, replacing that with the Ohio State one uh, that they had did the last few years. But as a Michigan's gonna finally win a playoff game unless they play UGA. 
So my my thought process behind this being, again, it's going to seem like a homer pick, uh, but this is going to be the first year that they make it to the uh, CFP National Championship. Um, and again, and I talked about this a little bit earlier, but their returning production is a big part of that. Uh, they returned a season, J.J. McCarthy, his second year. Um, I don't necessarily agree with him being a Heisman, you know, hopeful or anything like that. Like, he he can play well. He played decent at times last year. Decent to above average last year. But my big thing is uh, they have two of probably the top five running backs returning in college football, in, uh, Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. And, and as a team that loves to run the ball, that's going to be huge for them as long as they can stay healthy. And as much as we hate on the Joe Moore Award, Michigan does have, especially in the Big Ten, they have an elite offensive line. They're not going to have any trouble in the regular season uh, besides potentially Ohio State at the end. Um, and I'm not even worried about Penn State, even though they play them in uh, in Happy Valley. I'm not worried about it. But Happy they Valley also have one of the best second. Sounds like such a pornographic series. What's up? Happy Valley sounds like it could be the name of a porn series. They try to make it the... Oh, I wasn't even expecting you to go there. Ooh, we are getting off to a to a hot yeah. start here. Pun Sorry. intended. No, definitely not hot. God no. I was talking about it's our hot takes episode. Oh, there. We, oh, shit. There we go. <laughs> uh, Back to Happy but, um, Valley. <laughs> Happy Valley. Um. <laughs> But uh, the other thing I was going to say is uh, Michigan does have one of the best secondaries um, in the country. Obviously, it's up there with Georgia as well. But uh, it's going to be – they're not going to have any problems in the regular season, especially with uh, Jim Harbaugh. He's not – as of right now, which could always change, but it doesn't seem like it's going to happen until 2024. But uh, if you haven't heard, Jim Harbaugh's not serving that four-game suspension for being uh, – for cosplaying, being the bizarro hamburger and giving out hamburgers to recruits. Or cheeseburgers, I should say. That's you know adds a little bit extra to it. But uh, he's not going to face that suspension, even though it really wasn't going to matter because they weren't playing anybody the first four games of the season anyway. Although they did play Nebraska game four, but we're not going to worry about that. Um, but uh, anyway, so uh, Michigan hasn't necessarily had a like a uh, elite recruiting class. They've had you know some guys here and there. But one of the things that Jim Harbaugh and his staff have done better than almost real not. Again, not better than Georgia necessarily, but better than most teams in the country is developing these, you know, low three star, even some two star guys into being like NFL prospects. I mean, they have um, I think they had eight or nine guys drafted last year. The year before that, they had 10. I mean, they they're putting guys in the league. And they're being productive in college as well. So like it's not again, not, not necessarily the the depth that someone like Georgia has or, you know, Alabama and to a certain extent, Ohio State. But they're they're putting guys in the league um and i mean they're elite in a lot of these different areas that you know some of these other teams that we you know talked about the a people um are facing questions uh with and what else was i gonna say all right so um yeah they took a bunch of unrecruited guys and turning them into nfl players and they'll probably go 11 and 0 i would think because again i'm not worried about penn state or michigan state or anybody like that they don't play anybody in the non-con but they'll be 11 and 0 facing an ohio state in ann arbor and I don't care what Ryan Beard, uh, Ryan Beard, Ryan Day in, in his uh, weird beard have to say. They're not putting 100 on Michigan. They still haven't done that after he said that after the uh, COVID cancellation. But um, the, while the game's going to be close, Michigan's going to pull it out in the end and beat the shit out of whoever they play in the Big Ten West. Probably Wisconsin. 
I can't see anybody else, honestly, besides it being them. But um, they're going to win the conference championship game. As long as they don't play Georgia, they're going to win their first uh, CFP game or yeah, college football uh, game this season. So not, not anything about your take necessarily, but the Jim Harbaugh situation for this season. Because they said he will not serve any suspension this year because they rejected his downgrade to a four-game suspension. Mm-hmm. Is there any chance he gets like a full season or a half a season for next year? Or do Michigan fans really not care because they think this is their chance? I think this is their chance. And I, it's tough to say because I, I think they do care. But here's probably another hot take. If Michigan wins it all this season, I think he's gone. I think he's gone. Back to the NFL? Yep. He, yeah, he's not going to another college team. I mean, it's his alma mater and all that. But, um, you know, if he's going to face any kind of suspension or anything like that, like he – Jim Harbaugh is not one to, you know, take uh, – Deal with the consequences of his own actions. Right. I mean, he he burns out pretty quick wherever he goes. Obviously, I mean, you could look at the San Francisco situation. I mean, he burnt, burnt that shit down. Before he went to Michigan. He burned super bright, though. Yeah. Oh, he did. I mean, he got them to a Super Bowl for the first time in forever. So, I mean, I I can see if, if he does win it all, which I don't think he's going to necessarily do that. But if he, you know, he gets at least to a national championship game and they, you know, and they want to, NCAA wants to play tough and, you know, show every, you know, every once in a while that, you know, they do have some kind of power and they just, you know, they're going to try to, push for more than four games, which if they're willing to do that, it sounds like they have a bigger case than what maybe what they're letting on. Exactly. Because there, I mean, there have been multiple coaches that have had significantly worse mm-hmm. accusations that barely got suspended. Yeah. I, it's, it's such a weird situation. I mean, I, we'll, of course we'll hear more about it going forward, but no, in the I NCAA, really, they'll they'll drop they'll leak something like the day before the Big Ten championship game. Yeah, like the it day causes distraction. The State game. Yeah, I'm sure, but uh, this could, you know, even in the last few years with Jim Harbaugh flirting with the NFL, I think after this season, if anything were to come out and it you know ends up being more than a four game suspension, I think he's out. I think he's not going to want to face the suspension now. All that stuff, he's just going to go back to the NFL. Gotcha. I, I I was really interested in asking you that because of of everything that uh, mm-hmm. that could potentially mean. And he, okay. he has he has yeah. such a big ego. I mean that that's that's the other thing too. Like he like we talked about before. Like he he doesn't want to face any consequences of anything. I mean he I don't want to say he thinks he's bigger than the game because I don't think that's necessarily true. But he probably thinks he's bigger than the NCAA. Because yeah, it's possibly and, true. Yeah, I yeah, he's not. Yeah, he wouldn't be wrong there. But I, one of the things I heard, I and I think it was on the Cover Three podcast, and they were talking about it, and it made a lot of sense. Was that, um, you know, if he chooses to fight this like to the death, this might be one of the things that really does push, like you know, the power two and you know some of the other also rands that you know think they're, you know, can have, be a legitimate like football power. And pushing them like out of the NCAA because they don't want to put up with that bullshit. Could be this That's could be the fair. straw that camels back. I I do I do still think you know this is potentially a hot take. I do still think college football needs a governing body to yeah. 
to be the bumpers on the bowling line. You know, mm-hmm. like you can do whatever between these two lines, but these two lines, you cross it, you're done, kind of thing. Um, yeah, agreed. Yeah, but but before we get into a big whole uh, conversation about uh, college football playoff becoming its own own sports conference, uh, let's get into some of these fan or crowdsourced uh, crowdsourced hot takes. So we're going to do the first ones are going to be things that you've already read because they were in the group chat. But uh, so Josh Deal says Texas barely loses to Bama, navigates the Big 12 and makes the playoffs. I agree with that. Now, I I think they're going to be Bama, but I, I they're one of my picks to actually make the playoffs. So so I also think that they're going to beat Alabama. But it is Texas. Mm-hmm. And it's in Tuscaloosa. I mean, I, I I don't care. I think Texas beats Alabama. I think they're a more complete team this year, especially yeah. being that early in the season. And Bama, you know, as we already said, Bama doesn't have a quarterback right now that's shown they can hit the broadside of the barn from the inside. Mm-hmm. But what's one thing that Texas has done every year since they won a uh, a national title? Bitch and complain. Well, I was more talking about shit the bet against a six and six Big Twelve team out of nowhere <laughs> and uh, and lose that any too. chance they ever had at doing something good. Yeah, that's who. Um, I mean, if we're gonna be if we're gonna be honest, I think I think uh, Texas Tech. You know, maybe, maybe even. Uh, Oh good lord, I lost it. Oklahoma State is uh, is pretty sneaky. They've actually gotten a significant number of bets to win the Big Twelve this year over the last week. Okay. So that could be an interesting game. Um. So Christopher Smith, his hot take: LSU versus Oregon for the national title. He says to win their conferences, LSU beats Georgia and Oregon beats USC. That's spicy. It's real spicy. I don't necessarily think that uh, Oregon to the playoff is all that all that terrible of a take. No. I don't think LSU to the playoffs is that terrible of a take. I think LSU beating Georgia is an awful take. Um, but little, little uh, caveat here. Christopher Smith is also the biggest LSU homer I have ever met, and they could lose 12 games in the regular season, and he would still say that they would beat Georgia just because he lives in Georgia and hates all of us. I can understand. Yeah. I get I mean, it. I get it, but I I don't think the LSU beating Georgia is all that real. Yeah, Oregon could definitely make it, though. Definitely. Oh yeah, or- Oregon, they've got they've got a way to make it, I think, pretty easily. I mean, they got, you know, eighth year quarterback Bo Nix, father of the year. <laughs> but without Kenny Dillingham, which I think is a huge caveat yeah. that not enough people are talking about. Mm-hmm. Um so Caleb Tillman, shout out our researcher on the show. Um He's our he's our Jamie. He's our Jamie. 
actually, um, Caleb, I'm going to send you these files for you to do all the editing and uploading. Thanks. My man. But so his one of, I think he's got a couple hot takes, but one of his is that Ohio State and Alabama both missed the playoff for the first time in the history of the playoff. And Oregon sneaks in as the four seed season ends just like last year with Georgia proving they're 10 steps ahead of everyone else. Love it. Love it. I mean, I agree with that. I really yeah, do. I don't, yeah. I don't see, I don't see that being far fetched. Maybe, like, maybe for like the mainstream, maybe for Reese Davis or something like that. Yeah. Oh, I think we're all on the same page there for, for all of those stars to align is probably the hottest take of it. Like, that's hitting a 12-leg parlay. But for Ohio State and Alabama to miss a playoff, I, I think that's not far-fetched. For Oregon to make the playoff, I don't think that's far-fetched. And for Georgia to win a third, I don't think that's far-fetched. But all of them happening simultaneously would be absolutely wild. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm here for it, though. Yeah. No, absolutely. That would be fucking great. So, Caleb does have another one right here, and he said we inspired him with our love for Cash Jones, but he says Cash Jones right. is the leading receiver at running back this year. Oh, yeah. I'm here for it. Yeah, absolutely. Of every week, I'm. you're not going to hear me say no to that. Cash Jones. <laughs> Who? Cash Jones. Who? Cash Jones. Who? All right, that's enough. <laughs> oh, uh, so going to our Instagram submissions here. Uh, longtime follow follower of ours, and I've actually had quite a few uh, Marvel conversations with this guy. Unruly Simeon is his is his username on Instagram. One of his hot takes is despite being total ass. Florida beats the Seminoles. Where, where's the game at? Is it in Florida? It's in Gainesville. Probably a night game. Yeah. Hmm. I don't hate it. No. I don't I'm not as high in Florida it. State. No. I don't necessarily love it. Um, and I'm not... I'm not going to go too much into my conference championship picks because that is our episode next week. Mm -hmm. um, I don't love it. I don't hate it. I, I think, you know, just based off of Florida State's history playing close games with a terrible Florida team, it's entirely possible. Mm -hmm. Especially last year. I mean, Anthony Richardson had good games twice last year, and both of them were against teams that finished in the top ten. Yeah. So, crazier things have happened. And even though they don't sure. have uh, Anthony Richardson, I Graham Mertz, the last game of his career as they finish 5-7, and seven, is beating Florida State, who's the top 10 team. Wearing Tim Tebow's and Anthony Richardson's number 15. I mean, build that man a statue if he beats Florida State this year. Yes, absolutely. Build him a statue. Make it Build it before you actually build Tebow's, too. Yeah, please. That I know other other people have talked about it, but I don't understand how uh 15's not retired yet for them. It it's disrespectful to Tim. He has a plaque on the stadium and you don't have his number retired. Yeah, I 
that's a deep dive we can get into next next offseason. Yeah. Yeah. So Caden Burnett on Instagram says Branson Robinson becomes the next Nick Chubb. Love it. I also love it. I I agree with that one. I I'm, if you were if you had a way to blur the numbers on the jersey, there were multiple times last season where you thought Nick Chubb had come back to Athens when Branson Robinson got the ball. Mhm. Baby Chubb. Yeah, baby Chubb. I'm I'm all in on this one. I think mm-hmm. a lot of Georgia fans are if you've been paying attention because Branson Robinson's something special. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got another one from Unruly Simeon. Shout out to you for your participation in this. Once again, really cool guy. Had multiple Marvel conversations with him. So if you're into that kind of stuff, he's always open to it. Um but he says, Bama, and for the record, I'm a hater. He's saying I, as an unruly Simeon, is a hater. You know, because I, I love Alabama. I never talk trash about him. Will go 12-0 and to easily win the West. In most recent years, this ain't a hot take, but it damn sure seems to be this year. Yeah, this year for sure. Yeah, he's not wrong about that. I, I think that is a scathing hot take. Because I personally do not agree. You know what my favorite part about that their their uh, non conference would be is if they beat Texas at home, like they win like handily, and then like what the following week or two weeks later, whatever time it is, I, I don't have the schedule in front of me. They lose at USF. They lose in Tampa to that team. Wait, Bama plays in Tampa. I believe so. I I, I thought that's what we. T- I'm pretty sure. I got I gotta I gotta check that real quick. But I'm like ninety percent sure. All right. Uh, well, while you're doing that, I'm gonna go on to Tough Daddy 18's comment, and his is a two-parter. Hmm. Um, he says FSU will go undefeated and make the championship, and Travis Jordan Travis will win the Heisman. Wes, <laughs> that is scorching hot. He did not say. Florida State wins the title. He said they mm-hmm. make it. Okay. I sure, why not? I I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm not saying it won't happen. I I think they're towards the bottom of the top ten and uh making it to the title odds. Mm-hmm. Um not not necessarily out of the question, but they do play both LSU and Florida out of the SEC. They also play Clemson again this year. That'll be tough. Yeah. That would mm-hmm. be real tough. Um, Jordan Travis winning the Heisman, I don't... If I had, you know, if I was just throwing money on Heisman odds, I, I'd put $5 on him. Yeah. I don't, I, know. I, don't, I, don't, I don't see it with him, but I know, I, I know plenty of other people do. I don't necessarily think it's going to happen, but yeah. his odds are going to be great. Mm-hmm. And he has enough big games to get the moments and throughout the last you know what seven years we've seen that you don't have to be on a title contending team to win the Heisman if you play well enough Lamar Jackson Mm -hmm. Um, I mean Baker Mayfield they were good but there's no way a Lincoln Riley team will ever win the national championship Caleb Williams yeah Caleb Williams I did 
I did find it. So after they play Texas at home, the following week, 3.30, they play at USF in Tampa. Wild. Rap game. Because then they play Ole Miss right after that in uh, in Tuscaloosa. So, Ooh, the same day the same day they barely beat Texas, Ole Miss beats the shit out of Tulane, and they start thinking about it. Ooh, yeah, let's, let's go. I'm here for it. Here for it. So this is one of the ones that's going to get to you. Okay. Um, I'm sitting down. Cole Quick 00. He submitted this same one to us twice to make sure that it got on the show. Okay. Michigan loses three games and Harbaugh gets fired. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Where? (laughs) Okay, so... Okay, so... Sure, Ohio State, you know, that could be definitely one that they lose. Especially with the, you know, besides the last two years, the history of that. Penn State, maybe? it's. I know it's in Happy Valley. It's a whiteout game, but it's at noon. So, whatever, you know, whatever there. But what other game, what other game could they lose? I, I Honestly, Michigan State, um, I know they're playing that in East Lansing. That's, that is going to be a night game. And they do serve alcohol in uh at Mich- at uh in East Lansing and Ann Arbor now at football and basketball games. So that could be something. Someone's gonna get murdered, especially with Michigan State, you know, doing uh you know felony assault on uh, players in the uh, in the tunnel. But no, uh, no, shut the fuck up. No. Um, I I do have a cause for concern for you. Okay. What if Michigan's ranked number two when they go when they play Purdue? Where's it at? I don't have. I, it's at the Big House. No, nah, I'm not worried about it. Now, if it was in West Lafayette, I would be worried. They beat but... Ohio State in the shoe when Ohio State was ranked number two a few years ago. Was it? Oh yeah, yes, yeah. It was. Hmm. Yes, it was. I, I'm not. I'm not calling it. No. But, oh God, no. That's that's a valid point. I. They don't have Jeff Brom. That's gonna be a change. I. I I know next to nothing about who their head coach is now at Purdue. I really don't. I, it, I cannot even begin to tell you his name. Um. No, I'm not worried about it. Okay. Perfect. So Talon Baseball Twenty Seven. Tennessee downgrades a lot and goes eight and four. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, let me actually, so we did a helmet schedule that we're going to be posting here very shortly. Let me see what I have Tennessee doing this year. I mean, that's so valid. I don't, I, I, I don't know. Again, I don't know what their, their over under is for the season. I, I want to say it's like nine and a half. Think- so very much in play playing, you know, they do play Georgia at home. They go to Tuscaloosa. That's obviously that. I think that's going to be a loss, no matter how bad or how you know below what Alabama is typically. Um, I think those are two losses right there. So, so they also play Texas A and M at home. They mm-hmm. play in Lexington, which I know Tennessee claims that they own Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's always the potential for South Carolina. You know, Shane Beamer to Ben Heupel over his knee and spank his ass again. Mm-hmm. Even though, but that is that is Knoxville, though. I was about to say it is in Knoxville. 
Yeah. All right, and so. Why? Um. Actually, Tough Daddy submitted multiple, so let's go back and uh, and see if anyone has submitted while we were while we were talking. Nope. Tough Daddy just wanted to make sure that we know he thinks uh, Jordan <laughs> Travis is going to win the Heisman. Okay. That is a hot take. It is a hot take. Um, so yeah, guys, that was that's going to do it for our hot takes and all that kind of stuff. I do think that this is probably something we're going to do again next year just because it was a ton of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, I, want, I want some hotter takes. I don't want to agree with you. I Yeah, we agreed love... with... We agree with way too many of them. I, I want to roast you for saying dumb shit. I, yeah, I besides... want to like I want to tag cold takes exposed in your comment. <laughs> besides the Michigan one, I see what you're doing there. <laughs> okay, all right. No, I you know I don't have it. I highly think that uh, Michigan deserves to be number two in the country. This yeah, year. there's there's mm-hmm. no question about that. Um, so we're going to get into breakout dogs here and I enjoyed doing this as well. Mm-hmm. This was, you know, our first episode last year, doing it again this year. We do not have, I'm doing all defense and Mike's doing all offense. We have a mix of both. So that's cool. Um, but I'll get it kicked off here with my first and that is Nazir Stackhouse. Not only is, uh, is Nas another another millions partner which is real cool but a lot of george fans already know who nazir stackhouse is but i think that he will be the next name in the line of georgia defensive tackles that becomes a household name across college football i think georgia will continue to have an elite running defense behind nas being the anchor in the middle and the thing that i like about nas that is similar to jalen carter is that he is huge but extremely athletic to be how big he is and can provide that interior pass rush for a lot of plays. And one thing that he showed us last year when he was playing for Jalen Carter is that he is extremely durable. Mm-hmm. So he can play more snaps. He has the conditioning. I, I definitely think that he is, uh, you know, sneaky potential first round. He can because he's a senior this year, right? I believe so. Yeah, he, he's got the experience. Like, it's not like he hasn't played. We've seen him out there a ton. So he – I'm not as worried about that, you know, that hole that uh, Jalen Carter is leaving as maybe some people are. But I'm I'm definitely with you on the uh, the Nas train. Yeah, I, I'm I'm super excited about, uh, about that. And I love that he wears a 70s number on the defensive line. Hell yeah. That, mm-hmm. I, I love odd numbers, like just mm-hmm. off-the-wall jersey numbers for positions. This complete tangent here. I don't. I don't know if you saw it. I mean, probably not because I'm the only one that follows them. But uh, Teddy, the Lions, uh, Detroit Lions signed Teddy Bridgewater to be their backup. Right? He said in the preseason he's wearing number fifty, and I appreciate it. That is that's wild. Okay. Yeah, it means absolutely nothing, but I love different numbers. Is five for how many fingers worth of gloves he's wearing on his throwing hand and zero for the number of completions he'll have this season? Hopefully. I mean, hopefully he doesn't come out there at all. Because they haven't, I mean, 
The Lions have never had a backup quarterback. We've been lucky with actual starting quarterbacks the last 15 years or whatever, but before that, obviously not. But, yeah, I don't want to see him out there. He needs to hold the clipboard. <laughs> All right. All right. So, uh, so me next. All right. So, uh, yes, Mike, Mo- you are Mike, Mike, Mike. Okay. That's me. Um, so my, uh, my breakout guy is Dylan Bell. So we talked about with Cameron last week. And if you haven't listened to that, go back and uh, check that out. Cause it was great. But the uh, wide receiver room might be the best, uh, uh, wide receiver room in the Kirby smart era, if not program history. Uh, Lad, Dominic Lovett, Ra Ra Thomas, Marcus Rosemi, Jack Saint are some of the guys that get the most love. But there's one guy that I think can take a huge leap, and that is Dylan Bell. Uh, he was uh, recruited for the 2022 class. He's a three-star out of Texas. And he had a kind of an up-and-down season last year. Uh, a lot of that was due to injuries. But um, at Georgia's Pro Day, so, you know, catching, you know, passes from Stetson and whatnot, uh, several scouts said that Bell looked like the mo- the best player, I'm sorry, the best receiver on the field that day. So, you know, he's in their, you know, ears and all that. And, you know, the eye is on them or I, I their eyes are on him, the scouts at least. Uh, last season, he had three touchdowns, including one in the SEC championship. His best game was a five catch, 54 yard game, including a 24 yard touchdown against uh, Vanderbilt. And. Now, players usually from their freshman to sophomore season take their biggest leap, and that's exactly where he's at right now. So, um, you know, with all the other guys that are going to get a ton of love, I think Dylan's going to make a huge leap, and I'm I'm excited to see him uh, progress this season. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think he has a ton of potential. He played so much last year because he can block so well on the outside. Yeah. My biggest concern would be the amount of playing time he can get. I think he will absolutely yeah. make flashes while he's on the field, but the question is how much he's going to be on the field. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, even if he's like the fourth guy, I mean, he's going to get, he should get a, a, you know, more targets obviously than he got last year. But if you know, if anybody goes down, like I'm not going to be super, super concerned about it because I'm that confident in Dylan Bell. Damn, there you go. I, I am. I really am. So now we are the number one Cash Jones podcast and Dylan Bell podcast. Ring the bell. Let's Ring, go. Ooh, that's a good one. Ooh, I, you know, when he gets a touchdown and we're doing our watch parties, that is 100% mm. your line. Go ahead and write right. it down because we're both going to Ring the bell. Out. Hey, you know what? And it goes with the tradition at the school. Yes, it does. Here we go. And let's go. All right. So my next guy, um, in a running back room that has a ton of injuries, I think Andrew Paul is the closest guy in that room right now to Kenny McIntosh. Yes, he's coming off an ACL. He did it over a year ago, right? Mm-hmm. We saw George Pickens come back from an ACL in six months. He's had a Which year. is crazy, by the way, but yeah. Yes, Absolutely. But he did have a year. And one thing that I really like about Andrew Paul is he was an early enrollee last year. So he was there for the first national title practice. He was there for that spring uh, spring ball. He was there for most of fall camp before he tore his ACL. He was getting mental reps in practice, getting his PT done with the same guys that got George Pickens back in six months. He went through non-contact drills in, in spring ball this year 
and he is finally getting back to contact drills. If he didn't last week, he will this week is what I read. Sweet. But coming out of high school, he was the best receiving threat in the backfield. And I think between that being something that really none of the other guys have shown that they can do well and all the injuries that are currently in the running back room are going to get him a ton of playing time. But also, this is a big but also, he's one of those guys that can make you miss in a phone booth. Like, his Mm. shiftiness was elite his senior year of high school, and I'm sure that's going to take a small step back with the ACL injury until he gets confidence in it. But he's also a little bit shorter than a lot of guys, and I think that will get him in the punt returner conversation because I do not see Georgia putting some of their top receivers like Ladd McConkie or Arian Smith back there to get injured. They have a hole there. I mean, uh, uh, Kiaris is there. I mean, obviously he was a guy that took a lot of that. So Arian that can be did it towards the end of last year, but when mm. I, I just don't see They want to save him. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think Andrew Paul has all of the traits you are looking for in a punt returner. Ooh, that's good. I like that. I want to see it. I want to see it almost as much as I want to see uh, Mike Bobo call an I formation play for the first play of the season. I'll sweep. Do it. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. So my next guy is, um, and I'll I'll get to it in a second, but uh, I was debating going with Lawson Lucky here. That's actually who I had originally before I you know, went back and deleted that. But I decided to go with Oscar Delp. And while I think both guys are going to have could have potentially big years depending on how many snaps uh, they get, which I think Oscar will you know, take the uh, the lead with that. But uh, Oscar has more familiar familiarity with the offense, um, which we have, we've been told that it's not going to change much under Mike Bobo. Um, a lot of the same verbiage is going to be in place, and they're going to you know continue with that because you know why change it at this point? You know back to back champs, obviously. But uh, last season, Oscar had five catches for sixty one yards and a touchdown. Uh, with with that lone one being a dime from Carson Beck in that South Carolina game, beautiful. So he has a little bit of rapport with him. Uh, of course, it's going to be tough for him to get on the field and be an offensive threat when Georgia uh, was playing Brock and Big O last year. But but uh, over the offseason, put on twenty pounds, which I mentioned last week with Candler. Um, so he went from two two twenty five to two forty five or something around that you know that mark. And uh, everything that we've heard come out of camp that uh, says that he seems so much more comfortable. So with Brock potentially only playing the first half of many games in Georgia, uh, Georgia's games this season, um, I'm looking for Delp to t- kind of take over that, you know, that big old uh, Darnell uh, position in the uh, receiving game, even though Darnell wasn't used quite as much as I think that we wanted him to see be used. But um, he's not going to be the blocker that Darnell was. But, you know, honestly, you know, who's going to be? He's not nobody's six, seven and, you know, runs like Darnell. But. I do see I do see him taking those snaps that Darnell had last season and, and maybe being an even bigger threat in the uh, receiving game. Yeah, I'm, there's there's not many humans that can be an offensive tackle that runs as fast as Darnell does. Yeah. So that that's a huge hole to fill on this team, and uh, I think Oscar dealt with between gaining that weight and having multiple years of experience in the program. I think he is that guy. Yeah. So my last breakout player, 
And so I was initially going to cop out on this one and go with multiple guys. Um, but I'm going to go out on a limb and go ahead and call this position battle early. And you probably haven't guessed it. Um, but I'm going kicker and saying that Jared Zirkle wins this position battle. I know a lot of people probably have no idea who the hell Jared Zirkle is. But as someone who spends way too much of their time thinking and looking at George football, this is his third year in the program after attending the same high school as Johnny Manziel. Um, learned that ooh, the other day. Ooh, okay. Um, he sat behind Jack Podlesny, and it is his time to shine. He is a kicker that was offered a scholarship in Athens. He was the first high school kicker offered a scholarship by Kirby Smart. Fun fact. Ooh, ooh, okay. He was the number three kicker in the country his year coming out. Um, but he also punted extremely well in high school. I don't necessarily think he will now because you've got Brett Thorson in here. But mm. good kickers are a luxury that Georgia's had for a very long time, and I don't see that going away this year. I, yeah. Jared Zirkle, to me, is that guy. Kirby has talked about he had the best spring. He's had the best ball so far. That's the guy. Whenever whenever teams like change over special teams guys, whether it's punter or place kicker, all that, it does make me a little bit nervous. But with him being so highly regarded coming out of high school, and like you said, being the first uh, kicker to actually receive a, a high school kicker to receive a scholarship from Kirby, I think that speaks volumes about it. Spring game he wasn't necessarily, you know, you know he wasn't one hundred percent. I think he missed one kick. I think he missed an extra point, but uh, he'd be a good one. Um, um, just uh, hopefully, I, I don't know if y'all heard me knock on wood there, but we've been lucky with special teams this year <laughs> or uh, during the Kirby Smart era with uh, with Hot Rod, Hot Pod, uh, doing that. So, I also, I'm going to look it up, but I believe he actually made some kicks during the title game last year. Um, Ooh. Well, I know Pilat, uh, Hot Pod missed the extra point that would have been the uh, would have had them had the uh, the most points in title game history. Oh, I, I do remember that. No, he did not make a kick. He may have kicked an extra point, um, but only one actual field goal was kicked, and that's the only thing that oh. um, the website I was looking at kept for stats. Ah. Um. No, I I want to say I saw him out there at least once during that game. Regardless. Jared Zirkle's your kicker. There's not going to be a competition going into the season. Learn learn the name, guys. I promise you. Mm-hmm. And and the good news is, I mean, so you said this is his third year, so obviously he hadn't played at all. So realistically, you probably got you know a red shirt there. You probably have what three years with him, or not? not. Potentially, no three. Yeah. So he because he still good. qualifies I mean, for the COVID year. Oh, okay. Yeah, there we go. So, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, no, he, you know, he could potentially be... Dude could damn near get his law degree from Georgia by the time he left. <laughs> At least his bachelor, uh, his bachelor's not like some people. Sorry. <laughs> <sighs> I love you, love you, Stet. All right. Um, so, and it took me so long to get my bachelor's, too, so I don't know why the hell I'm talking shit about it. I it mean, took me shit. forever. I'm... 
I'm going on 10 years without mine. I haven't actually gone to school for 10 years, but. But I was doing that shit consecutively. Like, I didn't take a break. Oh. <laughs> that's the bad part about it. And I wasn't playing high-level college football. I had kids, but that, I mean, even then I have some time. High-level um, dadding. That's what you were doing. Yeah, I was a professional dad. Um, Hardest job working full time. <laughs> got got my degree from the school of hard knocks. Um, anyway, uh, um, all right. So my my last real uh, breakout player is someone that we've talked about quite a bit already. It was in the hot takes, uh, uh, fan submissions or listener submissions, but my final pick is actually Branson Robinson, and I wasn't necessarily going to go with him at first, especially because you talked about Andrew Paul before, but um, like we talked about earlier, I'm a huge fan. Since the moment that that uh, Branson committed, I thought he was going to be the next Nick Chubb. But with that said, uh, he's not quite at full strength yet, like you mentioned, uh, but when he gets there, look out. I mean, he's going to, I think he's going to take the bull by the horns here. His uh, his best game last season was in mop-up duty in the national uh, national championship game where he had two touchdowns. Uh, in uh, in Branson's freshman season, he had 330 yards and three touchdowns on almost five yards per carry. Uh, he was called pa- Baby Chubb for a reason. Uh, he runs just as I mean as hard as pretty much anybody else in the Kirby Smart era. Excuse me. And I can see uh, Georgia turning him at least early on into a third and uh, third and short uh, specialist, and, and, and especially in those situations, uh, because one of my few crit- uh, critiques of Kendall Milton, besides the fact that you know, he is hurt all the time, which is obviously not his fault, but, um, or he's not a hundred percent is that I don't feel like he runs as hard as I think someone his size should. I think he goes down a little bit easier than I'd like to see someone that's almost as big as, uh, as Derrick Henry. Like he, and I think I don't a know. lot of that has to do honestly with the number of injuries that he's had. Yeah. He, he has not been healthy very much at all in his time in Athens. And, and again, that's probably not a fair critique that I have of him, but I mean, that's just kind of what, um what i've seen out of him and hopefully that changes this year being like being the guy more than likely again if he's healthy to start the year um but like i said before i was excited when uh when branson committed to georgia from uh from mississippi and that excitement hasn't tapered whatsoever but with more opportunities i can see him actually toward the end of the season if you know especially if injuries or anything like that happens uh becoming the main guy in that running back rotation uh by the end of the year no, I agree with you 100%. I, I definitely think, you know, even though there is probably a lack of returning production in the running back room, if you want to talk about, you know, Georgia normally having two guys returning that you're like, oh, they're absolutely the guy. Mm-hmm. You've got Andrew Paul, Branson Robinson, who we've already talked about, Kendall Milton, Dejan Edwards, and Roger Robinson. And not mm-hmm. to mention, Kirby Smart's already said Cash Jones is the most – is the guy that's shown the most athletic ability during fall camp. Mm-hmm. So I, that is six, six guys that if they came out for the next play, I don't think anyone will be upset with. No, not at all. Like, I, it, there, yeah, there's nobody that we should necessarily worry about in like when they're out there and they're, uh, you know, going out there as running back. Mm-hmm. All right. So you put an honorable mention in here. So I'll let you take that. All right, so just just real quick uh, before we move on, and I mean I did all offensive guys, so I felt like I should throw somebody on the defense in there, but um, it's hard to say a, a breakout player can be a former All American, but Tyke Smith like really fits that description for uh, for the dogs. 
Uh, he was all American at West Virginia before he transferred to uh, to Athens uh, a couple years ago. And his time in Athens has been limited a lot due to injuries. But uh, if he's healthy, which I mean, by all indications, he is at this point. Uh, fully expected. He started oh. fall camp without his knee brace on for the first time, pretty much since he came to Athens. Mm-hmm. There we go. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. So, like he, so you know, with that said, I, I fully expect him to be a big difference maker in whatever position that the uh, coaching staff actually puts him at. Uh, puts him at this season. Obviously, we'll see it. You know, in the you know first couple games, kind of where they put him, but. Um, I don't think there's a wrong answer for where you're going to put him. Like, I want to see him on the field more to be that difference maker. Yeah, no, and and we talked about it a little bit with Candler last week, but I'm I'm honestly to the point where I think almost he and Javon Bullard are going to have the same role, and it's just human missile. Yeah. Like, Let him roam. Well, Tyke Slaughter-Smith and Javon Bullet bullard because they're just going to be running around the field and taking people's heads off. I, I just that just kind of is what it is. What's really interesting about Tyke Smith, and I believe I talked about it last year because I think he was on my list for breakout guys last year, and he never really got the opportunity to play. But mm-hmm. he was an All American at in West Virginia's system. They called it a spear, but it's Georgia's star. But he split time between star and safety, but played star in his time at that position well enough that he was third-team All-American in a position that he didn't play full-time. I, I like calling it Spear more. I think that's more badass, but... I do, too. That's a side point. I, I, and honestly, a part of me thought that Georgia was going to change it to that because they got the defensive backs coach from West Virginia, and that's one of the reasons mm-hmm. that Tyke Smith came to Athens. Yeah. Um but he left after one season, and I want to say he's at Miami now. Mm. The coach. Well, I mean, he's still here, so that, that's what matters. Or Tyke, at least. Yeah, no, absolutely. Mm. All right, you ready to move on to bandwagon teams? Hell yeah, let's go. All right. So, this year we set some ground rules for teams that we could not pick. First rule, you cannot pick a team that was one of our puncher's chance teams because that would be just too obvious. Mm-hmm. Second rule, you can't, the team cannot have made their conference championship game last season. You don't want a team that's almost guaranteed to win 10, 12 games. And the third rule is it cannot be an SEC team because you, we are going to be rooting for this team every single week, and we don't want any caveats on that. Yeah. So, mine, as much as y'all know I'm a defensive guy, if you've heard me talk about it before, when I go back to watch old games, what's the one thing I look for? Offense. There you go. So I got Washington. And, you know, Washington has a Heisman candidate quarterback and Michael Penix Jr. Great name, by the way. Has a... Dangerous. Dangerous name. A very dangerous name. Oh, and if they're going to the big... You know, they're going to the Big Ten, and Gary's going to be calling it. Michael Penis with a big play. <laughs> Thank God Michael will have graduated by the time uh, by yeah. the time they go to the Big Ten. Because, <laughs> well, Gary would probably be canceled. He's trying. <laughs> um, great group of receivers, solid running backs. It's coached by a phenomenal staff, and you guys know... Washington's offensive coordinator is one of the guys that I wanted Georgia to go for 
after Todd Munkin left. That was my number one guy that I wanted them to go for. But not only is he a phenomenal offensive coordinator, he is 100% dedicated to the University of Washington. He turned down Alabama, wouldn't take calls from multiple other schools that came after him last year. Mm. That is a huge reason that I like their offense. But I don't think I'll be able to pick Washington next year because I think they're winning the Pac-12. Ooh. And if the Pac-12 has a playoff team, it's going to be Washington. Still a big if for me. Mm. I I have no confidence in the Pac-12. But if they have a playoff team, it is going to be Washington. Plus, they're playing all the quote-unquote power hitters of the Pac-12. They play USC. They play Oregon State. They play Oregon. But week one, Boise State. Boise State's always always mm-hmm. a fun team to watch, especially when they're playing a big team. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to East Lansing to play Mel Tucker Spartans. And then my last reason that I picked, Washington. And this is specifically for you, Chris. They have the superior purple and gold uniforms in all of college football. Don't come after me, East Carolina. Especially don't come after me, LSU, because that gold is McDonald's yellow. And they just they just sat there with a paintball gun and hit the fucking red with blue paintballs until it looked purple. No. Washington has the best purple and gold uniforms in college football, and Ooh. if you don't like it, maybe get, some those, may, maybe get some of those glasses that help you see colors better. Man, you know what? When uh, when Washington whips out like the chrome gold helmets, there's nothing better. I like the so, chrome purple helmets that they've worn a couple times. Yeah. Oh. Sneaky, sneaky, sneaky elite uh, uniform combination. They don't get talked about enough, but I think they will now. They will here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um. One thing I, I do like before I go on to my thing, I do think Michigan State's going to be a lot better this year. I know we're gonna we'll we'll talk more about that you know next week and all that, but are they going to win the Big Ten? No, but they're going to be better than what their record showed last year. I'll just throw that out there. Are they going to beat any of the big players? No, but they're going to be competitive, unlike if, last year. If they didn't, if they weren't better than last year, there would be some Michigan State fans going ahead and starting a GoFundMe for Mel Tucker's buyout. He is the only person with a worse contract than Jimbo. Just because, I mean, at this point, he has a bigger buyout. It's yes, but Jimbo incredible. did get an extension after the COVID year. Which uh, yeah, that, that fool's hustle gold. Yeah. of all hustles. Mm-hmm. You know, matters. Well, Mel got his extent or his, well, I guess it was more of an extension, but he got it after Kenneth Walker single-handedly almost won them the Big Ten. They beat Michigan that year. They did. They did. That was the that day the one loss. and I was sitting at the battery. I drank a whole bottle of Elijah Craig waiting to go into the World Series. Mm-hmm. It, they should not have lost that game, but, you know, I, I digress. That was – shouldn't have lost that game. But they still made the playoffs, so at, at the end, it doesn't really matter all that much, besides for bragging rights. But, all right, so uh, my, my bandwagon team and – like I'm saying here, so I uh, debated going with Texas here, but I, just out of principle, I can't be on the Texas bandwagon because of how insufferable the fan base is, and they're going to get even worse 
as a when they entered the SEC. Um, but there's also a ton of crossover with Texas fans with Dallas Cowboy fans, and n- no, n- no, I can't. No, that's, I can't that's the correct response. Just no, yeah. no, there's nothing. I yeah, I can't do it. Sorry, but so with that said, I'm going with Texas Tech. And I think, you know, we're kind of on the same page here with uh, with the Red Raiders. But last season, they went eight and five, which was kind of a surprise considering where they're at before that. But uh, eight and five in the regular season, five and four in Big 12 play. But their wins, which I don't think it's talked about nearly enough. Uh, they beat Ole Miss in the bowl game, which, you know, I mean, a bowl game win. It is what it is. You know, you take from that what you will. But they also beat Oklahoma and Texas last year. And... With that said, this year, the Red Raiders have a really, really fun schedule. Uh, they start the season in Laramie in Wyoming against the uh, the Cowboys out there, but it's always a fun just scene uh, if you ever watch a game in Wyoming. Usually, they're not going to have the snow blowing around and all that, but uh, games in Wyoming are really fun to watch. Just the scenery and all that's awesome. But uh, the week after, they return home and play Oregon, which you know we talked about a little bit before with uh, some of the uh, submissions there about the uh, hot takes. In Lubbock. Let's go. I, I can't imagine how difficult it would be to get from Eugene to Lubbock, Texas. There is not jack shit in Lubbock or near it. Yeah. They're probably getting they're probably getting planes to fly on like municipal airfields. Yeah. <laughs> but they do get Oregon at home. I I I, I assume that's the first game of a home and home uh, with them, which again with Oregon going to the Big Twelve or Big Ten with 18 or 16 teams. I'm sure they'll cancel that at some point, but, or 18, whatever, well, however many teams they have at this point. Texas Tech's care. getting their own game in. That's all that matters. Yep. For them, especially. Yeah. Um, but in uh in big 12 play, they have four, they only have four home games, uh, Houston, Kansas state, uh, TCU and uh, newcomer UCF. And then they go on the road against West Virginia, which should be a win. West Virginia is God awful. They might be one of the worst teams in power five, uh, Baylor, you know, who kind of knows what you're getting with them at this point. Uh, BYU, newcomer as well. Going going to Provo is going to be difficult, but at, it, it's it's really hard for a new team to come in and, and, and consistently play well, and I think Texas uh, Texas Tech can take advantage of that. And then... I guarantee uh, you they will not party the night before at BYU. No. Nope. <laughs> I mean, it's impossible unless they want to go to like a soda fountain or something like that. A soaker's party. Oh, I gotta see when that. Oh god, when that when that game is. Uh, super Soakers, <laughs> Cougs. Let's go. Anyway, um, Super Soaking with the Cougs. Um, Zach Wilson. And um, they do. Uh, they do also go to uh, to uh, Lawrence, Kansas, which Kansas very well, well might be another six and six or worse team again this year. Like last year was kind of magical for them. But six and uh, six is better than where they have been. Yeah, yeah. They're not at the uh, Charlie Weiss Orange Bowl team, and they're never going to be that again because it's fucking Kansas. But um, And they also finished the uh, regular season at um, – at uh, I'm sorry, in Austin against Texas. So with all that said, they do have 14 starters back. The uh, Red Raiders are positioned to push uh, for a spot in the conference title game, and I think they will make it there. Uh, uh, quarterback uh, Tyler Show uh, headlines a dynamic offense – uh, out there in Lubbock and the defense returns a lot of experience, but it's really more so with the offense, just, you know, in the, uh, 
kind of the light of like of uh, Mike Leach, you know, his his legacy there. Obviously, they've changed a few coaches since he's left. But um, last season, they had the second most yards per game uh, and also the fourth best uh, scoring offense in the Big 12. So second most yards in the Big 12 as well. And that's um, saying something. It, yeah, I mean, the off- Offense is still a thing in the Big 12. There's no argument there. Defense never has been, but offense damn sure is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, they're also one of the things that you know I appreciate out of them, which makes them even more fun, is they are super, super aggressive on fourth down. So they're not going to just going to they're not going to punt in or whatever. Like they're going to, you know, show that they prepare for this and go for it and you know let their balls hang out and go for it uh, more often than uh, than a lot of other teams would. And I mean, the team is going to be fun, just regardless, with all that being said. And the fact that they're not a top 25 team to start the season is... No, they are. Utterly absurd. It really is. No, I think they are. I think they are. No, they they were... Technically, I guess they were 26, because I think they had the, the most uh, receiving votes. Oh, was it the coaches' poll that they were ranked in? They may have been. Yeah, I was just looking at the AP. So you are correct. They are 26... I looked up the coach's poll earlier, so I'm, I'm looking it up again. Damn it. Every but, time I Google something, it changes. Our, yeah, but, uh, I mean, but, but regardless, though, like that that is, for as hot as they finished last season, for them not to be ranked in someone like Iowa to be up there is ridiculous. Iowa's defense is obviously good, but again, it's kind of who they play as well. Um, You know, we're... Uh... We are hardcore coaches poll, coaches poll people here now. So that's what we're going to go by. <laughs> yeah. And um, according to the only poll that matters until the playoff poll comes out, Texas Tech is 24th. Oh, okay. So there we go. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think it's going to do it for us tonight here. Um, as always, follow us on Instagram at nothing.finder.pod. Twitter is at finderpod. Facebook and YouTube, just search us there. We have started posting videos again on YouTube, getting ready for the season. So go ahead and do that. If we get to enough subscribers, we can possibly joint stream with YouTube and Millions, make it a little bit easier for you guys to watch. But we have to get to that minimum number of subscribers to live stream on YouTube. Um, Do you have anything else? Uh, No, I don't think so. I would just definitely check us out on Millions. That's going to help us out considerably. I think you talked about that earlier. Yes. But uh, keep, keep spreading the good words. So we... Uh, you know, get more eyeballs on this thing and uh, we can, you know, turn this into something even bigger than it already is. Rate and review. If you rate and review, send us a screenshot. We will get you a sticker that is mm-hmm. not some BS. I Last time we asked, we got a lot more reviews, but not any screenshots. So nobody's getting stickers. So mm-hmm. we want to help you for helping us. So please, if you rate and review, send us a screenshot so we can get you a sticker. Um but I think that's going to do it. As always, guys, remember there is nothing finer in the land. And a drunk obnoxious Georgia fan. Third and a mile. Duggan from the two will throw it all the way across the field. It's picked up by Bullardy. Bullard got it again. And Bennett to throw. Lobs it to the right corner. There's McConkey. He got on his donkey and made a sliding catch in the right corner. Touchdown.